0: Welcome to this third episode of our Regeneron-sponsored audio series. Today, we'll be discussing the diagnostic criteria for homozygous familial hypocholesterolemia with specific consideration of how lack of awareness of this condition may contribute to its current underdiagnosis. My name is Akima Harrigan, and I work as an associate director for field medical affairs at Regeneron. To share his expert insights on this topic, I would like to welcome our speaker, Dr. Burkle. Dr. Burkle, please introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Good morning, Akima, and thank you for the invitation. I'll be happy to do that. My name is uh, Dr. Jamie Burkle. I'm a cardiologist and a lipidologist, and I'm currently the director for the Center for Cardiovascular Prevention, Metabolism, and Lipids at Georgia Heart Institute. In our prevention center, we uh, specialize in not only taking care of patients with a variety of lipid disorders, but we also have uh, cardiovascular research with clinical trials in lipid disorders, as well as a teaching program with cardiovascular fellows in training. I've been fascinated and interested in the field of lipid metabolism and lipid disorders for a number of years and uh, especially when it comes to treating patients with genetic disorders of lipid metabolism. I see that there's a great need to not only provide care for these patients but also to educate other physicians in this field and to increase awareness uh, to improve the diagnosis and care of these patients.
0: Thank you, Dr. Burko. Before we begin, a quick reminder of the previous episodes in this audio series in which we covered the nature of familial hypercholesterolemia, or FH, the importance of early pediatric lipid screening, and the importance of early diagnosis. If you missed them, you can listen to them by visiting ScreenKidsForLipids.com. Now, our previous episode in the series, we spoke about the underdiagnosis of FH as a whole and some of the barriers to diagnosis seen in clinical practice. Dr. Burkle, considering homozygous FH or HOFH, can you remind us of what is it about HOFH that makes it so important that we diagnose it early?
1: Yeah, thank you for that question, Akima. So uh, familial hypercholesterolemia or FH is a hereditary lipid disorder characterized by severely elevated LDL cholesterol levels and premature atherosclerosis. Although homozygous familial hypercholesterolemia, or HOFH, is much rarer than the heterozygous form, or heterozygous FH, patients with HOFH exhibit a much more severe LDL cholesterol elevation with levels greater than 400 milligrams per deciliter beginning in childhood, often accompanied by physical findings of cholesterol deposits. Now, most patients with HOFH develop atherosclerosis by the age of 20, uh, if untreated, and those with the most severe form may experience premature cardiovascular mortality, generally not surviving beyond the second decade of life. In fact, in a recent study, Uh, of 133 patients with HOFH in the UK and South Africa uh, that were treated with various lipid lowering agents between 1990 and 2014. It was noted that the risk of major adverse cardiac events was two times higher than the general population and the risk of cardiovascular death or death due to any cardiovascular events was 12 times higher. So this is a very serious condition. That prompts early diagnosis to enable early therapeutic intervention, this way, minimizing time of exposure to elevated cholesterol levels that result in improved outcomes. So, early management has been shown to lower cumulative LDL cholesterol burden and the risk of coronary heart disease in general in patients with both heterozygous and homozygous FH and early diagnosis can also facilitate cascade screening, identifying other family members with undiagnosed FH. I've actually um, focused myself on educating uh, my uh, fellows in training in trying to um, explain to them that many people are in fact aware of the normal cholesterol levels and the seriousness of having high cholesterol levels at any given time, but the real problem is, is it's not so important to know what is your cholesterol level now, as it is what is your cholesterol years exposure, because no different than exposing yourself to toxins, chemicals, or environmental agents that can cause you to develop cancer down the road, the number of years exposed to this harming substance called cholesterol is what determines how much plaque you will accumulate and what is your risk of developing cardiovascular disease.
0: Thank you for that. As discussed in the last episode, despite the known benefit of early intervention, which you so uh, very clearly articulated, both HEFH and HOFH remain underdiagnosed. Dr. Burkle, could you briefly revisit the situation here in the United States?
1: Sure, I'll be happy to do that. Um, Current research estimates that less than 10% of patients with FH have received a diagnosis in the U.S., One of the contributing factors to the underdiagnosis may be the lack of awareness of FH and specifically HOFH amongst healthcare practitioners. Um, Surveys among physicians in the U.S., including cardiologists, have shown a limited understanding of FH and the familiar risk associated with it. In fact, in 2018, a survey conducted by the National Lipid Association to determine how physicians nurse practitioners, and physician assistants in primary care or general internal medicine settings in the US who treat patients with elevated cholesterol levels, diagnose and manage patients with HOFH. Less than half of the 504 surveyed primary care physicians did not recognize the diagnosis of HOFH in a patient. Um, Another explanation for the misdiagnosis is the less severe forms of HOFH in children may include the absence of classic HOFH physical findings uh, or an incomplete family history or lack of clinically evident ASCVD in younger parents of children with HOFH. Um, So this is one of the major reasons why we are failing to diagnose these patients on time. In fact, pediatric patients with HOFH should always be managed by a lipid specialist such as pediatric cardiologist, a pediatric endocrinologist or other clinician with specialized lipid training. However, the lack of knowledge of FH in general uh, results in only the most severe cases being referred to specialty clinics, and this is really a problem that we're having not only in the US but worldwide.
0: Yeah, it can certainly be challenging for frontline clinicians to identify and refer a patient with HOFH if they don't feel confident with the diagnostic guidelines. Uh, Dr. Burkle, could you help summarize the current criteria for our listeners?
1: Absolutely. Um, although there's no international consensus on the best diagnostic criteria of HOFH, clinical diagnosis is currently based on an LDL cholesterol level greater than 400 milligrams per deciliter in untreated patients alongside physical signs and or a family history and genetics according to the recommendations from the American Heart Association, the International Society for Atherosclerosis, and the 2023 update of the European Atherosclerosis Society consensus statement on HOFH. The AHA considers diagnostic physical findings to be aortic valve disease or xantomas at age younger than 20, whereas guidance from the International Atherosclerosis Society and the European Atherosclerosis Society note cutaneous or tendons and tomas before the age of 10 as key physical signs. Now, in terms of family history, both the International Atherosclerosis Society and the European Atherosclerosis Society advised untreated elevated LDL cholesterol levels consistent with heterozygous FH in both parents as a clinical criterion, whereas the AHA considers a clinical diagnosis of FH in one of both parents. According to the American Heart Association, an HOFH diagnosis can be confirmed genetically through the presence of two identical or non-identical variants in genes that result in increased LDL cholesterol levels. And these include the LDL receptor mutation, the APOB mutation, or the PCSK9 gene mutation. Now, according to the European Atherosclerosis Society consensus statement, It can also be diagnosed through the presence of biallelic pathogenic variants on different chromosomes or variants at different loci for the uh, genes that codify for LDL receptor, APOB, PCSK9, or LDL-RAP1 genes. But now I have to say that although genetic testing may assist in the diagnostic precision, it is often underutilized in practice due to associated cost, access, and low availability of genetic counseling services in general, among other factors.
0: And is it important to also screen the family of any patient in whom FH is suspected?
1: Absolutely. Cascade screening for family members of index cases of FH is an essential component of a successful screening program. This could be screened via lipid testing for at-risk relatives if no genetic test is performed or genetic testing and genetic counseling for at-risk relatives if a genetic testing pathway is followed.
0: Dr. Burkle, let's make this guidance really straightforward for our listeners and colleagues. So we've potentially identified a patient with HOFH. What is the next step?
1: So any pediatric patient with an LDL cholesterol level greater than 400 milligrams per deciliter or pediatric patient with elevated cholesterol levels greater than 250 milligrams per deciliter which continue to remain elevated after repeated testing and intervention should be referred to a pediatric lipid specialist such a pediatric cardiologist or an endocrinologist. Now, one of the main barriers to specialist referral may be access. In the same National Lipid Association survey of 504 primary care physicians that I have mentioned earlier, only two thirds of participants reporting having access to a lipid specialist and only 29% to LDL apheresis centers. So this is a serious problem, right? Because patients with HOFH can be difficult to treat and access to these specialist resources is important for supporting primary care physicians and pediatricians.
0: So where can clinicians find a specialist if they are concerned about a patient
1: or need more information? So the foundation of the National Lipid Association Directory Service for finding a local or remote lipid disorder specialist is available at www.learnyourlipids.com find-a-clinician. Um, the other one is the Family Heart Foundation, that can also help with finding a specialist, and this includes lipid specialists, preventive cardiologists, pediatricians, genetic counselors, etc. And this is available at familyheart.org/find-specialist. And um, obviously, word of mouth from members of the National Lipid Association. In my own practice, uh, we have a way of referring. Patients to a lipid specialist through the electronic medical record system where you can just click on the referral button and then you just type lipid specialist lipid clinic and the patients are referred that way.
0: Thank you Dr. Burkle for joining us today to help make sense of the HOFH guidelines. It has certainly been interesting to learn about the importance of HOFH diagnosis, the specific diagnostic criteria and how we can access specialist services for patients. Thank you for listening to this audio series episode sponsored by Regeneron. We hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as we did. If you are interested in finding out more, we have two more episodes available earlier in this series on the importance of early pediatric screening and early FH diagnosis. Be sure to listen to these episodes.